everybody, welcome back to Rassel Graphs. My name is Chris. It's Vincent. Yeah, and this is Rassel Graphs. Uh, it's probably self saying welcome back. As some people, this might be their first time listening to this. Definitely, is I just welcome in general. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, uh, dynamite was this pretty cool show. actually. I enjoyed dynamite. Yeah, dynamite from May twenty fifth. It's particular is what we're talking about. You know, I would say it's a fun show. You know, I feel like they squeeze a lot on there. I thought they're gonna run out of time, and they didn't. So um, yeah, me too. Actually, like they had less time for the last few matches than I thought they were gonna have. Yeah, I got worried with the main event, but I guess we'll talk about that later. The main uh, event was at a weird time, for sure. And they had a commercial break in there as well. Yeah, like I said last week, I hate when they do that. I really do. I don't like them doing main, the commercial breaks right in the middle of the main event, especially in it's like five minutes of the show left. I want to see all the mus- muscle busters I can get. I also did, but there was none of that in the Smash, unfortunately. Sure, no one got their muscles busted. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, let's kick it off from the top here. Starts off with the steel cage match between Warlow and Sean. Surprise, and I thought this would be, I thought that would be the main event. I also know when I saw the match, um, I think it made sense that it was the opener instead. Um, yeah. It was very much more, I don't know if you can agree with this, but it's more match, uh, not match, uh, more angle than match. At least it felt like that to me. Um, pretty much. It was like one of those things you'd see back in the day in the Attitude Era or something like that. You know, someone be the guest referee and then, or Ruthless Aggression Era or whatever. And uh, someone would be the guest referee and it'd cause like a screw job of some kind to happen. But then the other guy would come and prevail anyway. Yeah, so let's quickly run through how this scale is. Um, starts off, the first couple of minutes are MJF and Sean Spears beating down on Wardlow, trying to screw him out of the match until Sean Spears goes for his patented steel chair. And, um, it's it was a headshot this past year. Yeah, instead of hitting Wardlow, hits MJF with an unprotected headshot, which all right, we haven't seen one of those in a minute. Yeah, I'm sure they did, it, they did it the safe way instead of uh, the way Cody Rhodes took it that one time. He said, you know what, hit me as hard as you possibly can and made me attach a razor to that one. I'm trying to gank for this one. Yeah. It's the craziest unprotected character I've seen in recent times. It's that one. What the fuck? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, Wardlow, after that, picks up the W after powerbombing Sean Spears onto a steel chair and another ref counted the pin for him. Tries to attack MJF, but uh, security shows up and stops him. And then uh, he destroyed the security, I think. He powerbombed that one into the steel cage. He he powerbombed him so hard he disappeared from the broadcast. I I mean, maybe Wardlow's a wizard. Maybe maybe he is. Maybe he's a wizard. It's not Jericho, but uh, yeah. Maybe those fireballs are actually explainable. Whenever Undertaker Kane used to choke slam someone straight to hell, it's like it's like that. But there's less fire, and you know, he just disappeared straight into the ground, never to be seen or heard from again. That poor indie guy, man. Poor guy. I mean, hey, someone's talking about him. I guess that's important. That's true. So after that, I mean, we don't know his name. So, yeah, we'll find out eventually. Uh, Sean Ross up will get on, and I'm sure he'll tell everybody it was uh, Joe Joe Normal from Las Vegas, Nevada, from the Big Penis promotion. Possibly, yeah. Right. Drop your comments down below what promotion you think that is. I'd like to know. Yeah. True. Uh, so, moving on to a less 
enjoyable note we get to um the broadcast team sending their condolences um about the um the unfortunate shooting situation in texas yes. which of course it's a terrible incident and our hearts and our condolences are with everyone who was impacted by that tragedy yeah i just want to quickly cover that and um just acknowledge it there and uh yeah it's a terrible situation and uh it's sure was. They acknowledge it during the show. Yeah. Uh, moving forward, uh, we get to the Jericho Appreciation Society backstage. This was and, a fun uh, little segment here. It's kind of messed up, man. They're just walking backstage. What's up, Bozo? <laughs> yeah. They they verbally harass him. I think Matt pulls out the knife on him, tries to stab him until Jericho brushes his hair with it. I get excited, man. Every time someone pulls out a blade on television, I think they're going to use it in the interesting way. They you really know. think gonna, someone's going to get stabbed right there? Like, no one's going to get stabbed. No, but it's like... I mean, it happens in pro wrestling. I'm not going to say it doesn't happen, but... It's the same feeling you get when... On AEW, I don't think anyone's gotten stabbed in the back just normally, you know. We got to yeah, work our way up to that, at least. There's some random dude sitting there with a Moxie shirt that's not going to get stabbed out of the blue. If Nick Gage can use a pizza cutter on somebody, I, I think that... uh. I think they could probably do that. I mean, it could happen. Not that it could happen. Tell me, a guy in the back alley is wearing a moxie shirt. It's the open fat guy. I'll tell you. It's the There's more of a chance of a blade coming out and actually getting stabbed. It's it's really the same way you feel when you see Drew McIntyre bring his sword to the ring. You don't think it's gonna happen, but there's always that slight chance it and could. And boom, happen. he swings, and boom, some dude almost gets decapitated. Yeah, and you know you don't want it to happen. But you're like, what if, you know, that could happen? And CGI is very strong. Uh, just imagine Mr. Man trying to CGI someone getting their head cut off by Jim McIntyre. <laughs> On live television. Yeah. He he really would do that too, I'm pretty sure. Just Photoshop Jim McIntyre into a sword fight with somebody. He might. He might do that. With the holograms and shit like that. You'd probably make it work, honestly. Really bump up those ratings. Yeah. Uh, next up, we get to the. You like when they used to like do the mud bath things when they like, put someone into the mud, but like this time it's like sword fight, and it's like in the same area, and they like do the sword fight with the holograms. A sword fight to the death. Yeah, I mean they could. They're really good. Could do it. Yeah. Uh, so we move on to the CM Punk Hangman hey, Adam Page face to face. I like this. This sold me on the match. The only thing that sold me on the match thus far. Yeah, so I, I, I enjoyed this. I did. I'm not going to lie to you. I had to do some Twitter research to figure out why Hangman hates CM Punk so why much. Why is he so mad, dude? Uh, yeah, so what I read online, because well, the promo was, he's, it was Hangman saying, I've seen what you do in the past. I have to protect this business from you. I didn't know what that meant exactly. I saw someone on Twitter writing about how whenever CM Punk wins a big championship in a promotion, he turns heel. And... If that's what this is, I think that's pretty cool. I appreciate that. Also, thank you to the Twitter user that wrote that. Um, wish I had the name here to acknowledge that person, but unfortunately, I forgot to do that because we are professional here. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I like the segment. I feel like it could have warranted some more explanation as to why Hangman hates CM Punk because right now it's just it has the same relationship as Tony Schiavone has. And Punk's like, why don't you like me? I don't know, but like. You know, I'm just trying to be chill over here, you know? I'm trying to win this championship, you know? Yeah, it's just, he's sitting there, he's like, I love the fans, I love everybody, I respect you, Hangman. 
And then he comes over to Hangman. Hangman's like, listen here, you son of a bitch. Why don't you say that again to my face? And you don't know why he's so aggressive. He just is. Yeah, and I really don't... Um, I don't know what it is, but that passion, I've never seen it out of Hangman in my life. No. It's like this is what he meant to do with the Kenny Omega feud. <laughs> he just... He forgot to do it. So he brought a it over. A little bit. Yeah. You've got to do that to Adam Cole and Lance Archer, so... He's bringing out all that aggression. It's like the relationship Tony Schiavone has with MJF makes it have less warranted and it makes a little less sense. Whenever, yeah, I mean, I guess so, actually. This makes like, a lot less sense. Cause, I mean, they, they, they really, here's the thing about AEW. They do a terrible job explaining things. Like, in general, with any storyline. I mean, main yeah. event storylines, there's a better chance of them explaining a lot more, but... When it comes to, like, especially the ones we're going through now, I mean, there's zero... There's just matches on a card, you know? Going to the next pay-per-view. Yeah, and um, especially here, even though I enjoyed this, I think it could have dealt with a Hangman being a little bit more specific as to why he doesn't like Punk, because it's a bit too vague for me. You know, I need a little bit more of an explanation. That might just be me. Might I, Some people like the interpretation. I would have appreciated a little bit more specifics, if you can get into it. You're going to have to watch the countdown to figure that one out. Both of them not doing I don't care that much. You know, they'll put it in the video package or something. I guess, maybe. You really don't even have to watch the countdown, because they'll just show the video packages on the uh, pay-per-view. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll figure it out then. I'll, maybe I'll figure it out during the match. Excalibur will bring it up like he ran, always does, randomly, with no prior uh, warning. Yeah. I want to watch this pay-per-view at a theater, but, like, I can't. Because... I mean, there's no showtimes yet, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't do it. I just feel like this is something you really should bring a friend to. I don't have someone to bring to this. Uh, yeah, bro, I really don't give a fuck. You know? <laughs> and also, I get out of work right as the show starts. So I'm kind of yeah. just racing home to see the show. Rushing. Uh, so moving on, we get to a recap of Anna J and Jade Gargill's feud. That started on Rampage a couple of days ago. I mean, I don't uh, really understand why this match is a thing. I don't, I don't know about the rankings. Maybe the rankings say a different story, but... I don't mind that it's a thing. What I mind is that it's on this pay-per-view that's already 10 matches long. I'm um, true. I mean, honestly, I mean, the TBS title needs to be defended, though. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love Jane Cargill. I love... Uh, I thought like there was a lot of time to build a feud to get interested in one with Jay Cargill's character building and Mark Sterling's good stuff and the baddies and whatnot. I feel like there's a lot of time in there, especially with all the random stuff she's been doing to maybe build up an Emmy or something like that. Right. And it, it's, not, it's not like a match what, like the Bucks and the Hardys where you can just throw that on the show and it's a big deal because that match is a big deal, you know. This, yeah. is, this is something that really belongs more like a the go home or the post pay per view episode of the dynamite, in my opinion. I understand is you have a pay per view like every four months, right? And then now suddenly this pay per view just kind of being rushed out there. Like, how is that even possible? You know, it sneaks up on them every time. Like you've had so much build, or you have so much time to build to this next pay per view, but you don't utilize the time wisely. It sneaks up on them every time. It's the strangest thing. It really is. I don't understand. Now I'm not even that. I'm not like too interested in these matches, but like I know I know the matches are gonna be good on the show. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's a pay per view paycheck, I guess, for them. Yeah. 
Yeah, moving forward, we get to the Moxley and Kingston versus Private Party match. Uh, you got the Jericho Appreciation Society and William Regal on commentary. I love the banter between these guys on commentary. Very good. As soon as it starts, man, the first thing, it's William Regal says hi to Jericho, and Jericho goes, Regal, has he survived another week? And that just really threw me off there. I, I love it. Uh, yeah, it's a bunch of fun commentary there. I think Jericho brings up the match. Yeah, wait, what happened? We're going to get to the match. I just, there's a one spot where Jericho said this uh, I'm a wizard thing, and William Regal and Jericho are like, what the, what the hell does that mean? What are you talking about? What do you want, man? Uh, this match, though, this match was kind of good. But it was, was, a, it, was it short or not short? Um, it was decent. decent. Uh, it wasn't that long. It was. It could have been more than ten minutes, I would say. Yeah. Uh, Mox and Kingston they attack Barry Party uh, prior to the bell. Barry Party's uh, part of a group as well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I feel like they're not as a part of that group anymore, which I think is a good thing for them. Um, I mean, they have the Titan Tron though. That is true. Uh, my big question here is where's Andrade? I don't know. Maybe it's some business deals. Potentially, I just I know I miss him. I some business know. meetings maybe took his time. I really do miss him. I do. Um, I do as well. I want to see more in Shrade. I mean, they have so many people signed, right? And uh, I just feel like they're not. They didn't need all these people at the same time. Yeah, I can agree with that. But I truly, I truly think that after this pay per view, we need more House of Black, more on Shrade. If there's I want to see. I mean, we'll get to some other stuff later, but like, I just want to see some of these dudes just do some solo stuff on their own and actually, you know, be put in top positions because they need to be in top positions. Yeah, I'd say if um, Lee and Swerve don't win the tag belts on the I think we dive the Lucha Bros into that tag division further, and then we also take Pac out of that group as well. And Pac should go for something, you know, in the main event scene or the TNT title scene. He's been there long enough. I think he should be in a better position than he is. I think what we should do, really, is um, just take the TNT title away from uh, Scorpio Sky. If he's not going to do anything good with it, it's not his fault. It's just the story he's getting. Whenever Swerve comes in, too. So, like, later on, like you'll see Swerve comes out, and like he looks like a fucking star. I feel like he should be in that TNT title scene right now while tight, you know what I'm saying? But whatever. I guess we can get to that more when we get to the... We'll get to it later, but I'm just saying, there's there's people out there that are just, like, doing nothing. They should be doing something. Nothing of importance, I should say. I got a little bit later. There's uh, people with a lot of potential. There's pillars out there that are going to get lost, you know? Yeah, not saying, by the way, the Death Triangle House of Black Feud isn't important, because I'm looking forward to that a lot. It's not really that important, I'll be honest. I'm, I'll say it's not that important. That match. It's not. But the match itself will be cool. After this match, though, I feel like we should really go in separate directions with those guys. For sure. Uh, so, back to the thing at hand. Mox and Kingston win very convincingly against Private Party. And there's a big brawl between the JIS and um, Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, and the Beast. I feel like Kingston, Santana, Ortiz should be in the same group as Brian Daniels and Willer Uday and John Moxley. Um. I don't think they have to do that right now. I, like I feel like the, they all fit in the same. Like the, the way Eddie Kingston wrestles matches up with whatever you know, King, whatever Moxley and Bryant do, and you to do you. Know? And the way that you know 
everyone can do their own individual stuff, like being the same, you know, Blackpool Comic Club. They're all down to fight, you know. It makes a lot of sense, honestly. Much as I, like, there's a group right there. It's perfect, actually. I feel like Kingston and uh, Santana Ortiz are fine not being a faction right now. Especially Santana Ortiz just got out of one. It's so. true. I just I think they can all adapt to like being the Blackpool Comic Club, just being fucking rough and tough and being people's asses. You know, I think that's cool to have them all on the same team with William Regal, especially looking over them. Like they, it all fits together nicely. I agree with that. Just for now, I I think keep them away from a faction at least for a little while. I get what you're saying. Uh, so next up, we get to a Owen Hart um, tournament video package showing up uh, some of the details coming on the matches we'll get tonight. So talking about Storm and Baker and Joe and O'Reilly. That's really all there is to that. There was much to talk about. So, um, yeah, moving forward, we get to uh, FTR and Rapungi Vice. What were your thoughts on this one? Actually, it was a good match. Um, both, both teams did very well, and then they got destroyed at the end. Yeah, so I would say that's one of the main reasons this isn't my favorite match tonight. Um, that and also the triple threat was fantastic. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, it ends from that DQ with uh, Jeff Cobb and Great O'Conn showing up, ruining it there. And uh, I think it makes sense. It makes sense. It's fine. I'm not mad. It was cool. I liked it. Yeah, I'm not really. I'm not sure how I necessarily feel about like a whole Ring of Honor, New Japan, AW. Just it's all being blended into one thing, you know. But I, I think, think it's kind of cool, honestly. I like it. I enjoy it. I think this is them building up to the uh, Forbidden Door show next month, and I'm fine with that. Yep. I don't have a problem with it. I just don't know. I like feeling like wrestling's together as one. I, I like that too, and uh, also don't want to forget. I think the guy on commentary, his name was. Caprice Coleman? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Uh, I don't know too much about him, but I like him on commentary. He's very good. I think he, I think the announcer, too, the ring announcer that announced them to the ring was really good. Yeah, he's. I know he's the ROH ring announcer. It's just, I went to the bathroom during the ONR video package, and I got back right as they stopped talking about who was on commentary. So oh, I kind okay. of missed it. Now, that but, guy was so good. Like, he had the voice of an announcer. It really worked. I, I think it, looked, it kind of works better to me than, you know, um, Justin Roberts does. Yeah, I don't get. Don't think I did not know it's in commentary when they had this one spot where they were talking about. I think it was Caprice and uh, Jr. They were talking about Dax and how great of a striker he is. They're talking about. Oh yeah. And, and all of a sudden, you have Excalibur's contribution, which is yeah. You know what? Uh, Dynamite next week is in these places over here. And I'm like, man, that has nothing to do with anything. Please stop doing that. It's not natural. Just stop. But it's next. It's in those places. What does that have to do with Dax being a great striker? Everything. I mean, he'll strike in those cities too. Absolutely, fuck all. That's absolutely fuck all. Deal with that. No, he'll, he'll do the strikes in those cities. It makes sense. You don't even know that he could just not be on the card. You don't even know that. Well, you you book around it, okay? If I don't see him on the next two shows in the match, <laughs> he's like, the front. He's the poster boy. He's at the front. We're going to talk about this if we saw on the show. <laughs> uh, moving on, we get to uh, the Hardys promo, which I really liked. That was great. Yeah, I like this. We were good Christian boys, and then we got into the wrestling business, and it changed us. And now we're going to delete you. 
I mean, they said that's one of the reasons they're the same that they were in Christian boys. I mean, Young Bucks still are very Christian. Christian AF was their t-shirt says. Christian as the fuck. Uh, one thing I thought was a little bit iffy was the Jeff Hardy goat joke. I thought that was a bit crazy. That was cringy as fuck, but you know, I I was like, okay. I let it go because the rest of the promo. I let it go. I was like, I like Jeff Hardy. I want to not like Jeff Hardy. As long as you don't make this a thing, I can give this promo a pass. Just don't do it again. Uh, I like, you're lucky I like you enough, Jeff. I like, I laughed a little because he was like, you get it because it's a goat. It's a good. I said, I I was like, let's not. No, please. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? We have enough things going on here. I'm not a big fan of, so let's not start. Please, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're not a wizard too, right? I, I don't mind the wizard thing. It's growing on me, actually. It's know. growing on me, too. I like the fireball. It's like I'm a wizard. But, like, still. I just like everyone around him besides the Jericho Appreciation Society. And I, I don't know. For some reason, Jericho me. always tries to get something over. And he and just does it. And then it's you... like, oh, I don't know how I feel about it. And then... They, you know, eventually it starts growing at you a bit more, but it's still kind of weird. 95% of the time it works, I would say. Um, yeah, usually 90% is a good percentage. Yeah, you know, some things aren't fantastic, but uh, yeah. Mm, yeah, it depends. Did you start doing that other thing he was doing? What thing? I forgot. He was like saying something like abbreviations or whatever. The abbreviation thing is something, something. It, it didn't get over that well. You could tell by the fact I don't remember it, but um, True. I wasn't too big a fan of that. Yeah. It's like, don't don't talk like you're texting somebody. That's just weird. It is weird. Imagine saying LOL in real life. Some people do. I don't like it that much. Yeah, me either. Just laugh. XD, like man. Me. XD. Just laugh like a normal human. That's all. <laughs> So next up, we get to Swerve versus Stars versus Jungle Boy, a match I was looking forward to a lot since last week, and it did not disappoint. All of these dudes should be doing good singles runs right now. I think Jungle Boy has so much potential, bro. That's just being kind of wasted with this whole Jurassic Express Christian thing that's going on, and they're the tag team champions as well. And they're not doing nothing as tag team champions, really, of like story and purpose like that. So. Yeah, we said this before, but I'll say it again here. It's crazy how they're once again in a feud with two other teams where I care about the other teams more than I care about Jurassic Express. Yeah. Team Taz should be on top of the world instead of whoever else is doing things, like the uh, JAS and whatever is going on there. All I'm going to say is that Team Taz better win those belts on Sunday, man. It's true. They deserve it. They've earned it. They better get, win those belts. Swerve Scott, they're in there to have a good match. But other than that, they better not be a team for that long. After this, what I want to see is uh, Team Taz won the belts because Jurassic Express isn't doing anything of importance with them. I mean, Swerve is such a fucking star, bro. Goddamn. Yeah, and then after this, we break up the... You think it's still be friends? But let's not make Lee and Swerve a tag team because they shouldn't be a tag team. They even help each other here and there because they'll have history with each other. But other than that, like I don't want them to be a tag team. Just go for the tag team titles. Like, they need to be in the TNT title scene or something like that. I can agree. Speaking of the TNT title, uh, well, first, uh, before all that, uh, Swerve, uh, not Swerve, no, wait, Swerve does win this match. My bad. He won, yeah. 
And there's a bit of a brawl at the end with everyone involved in the match. And that's that for that situation. Yeah. And now you get to the TNT title thing, which is still happening. And I'm not a fan of that. I guess it's going to happen for a bit longer until it's over. So basically, it's a promo saying, uh, Dan Lambert's like, you think I didn't have another belt on speed dial, you losers over there? I got a new belt coming. It's already here. You'll get it on Friday, Scorpio. He said, oh, thank you. <laughs> I, ordered a, I ordered on DoorDash. You think I don't know people who make belts? FPRC is friends with all these people who make belts. If you look at my contacts, belt maker one, belt maker two, belt maker three, and my favorite, belt maker four. He makes belts that I wear on my jeans. That's not it's not the same thing. But he's just as helpful. Yeah. This one says, be your life. I like that. That's cool. That is cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, man, it's just this feud is so stupid and I hate it so much. I wish it'd be over. I really do. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't even know what's happening anymore. It's, it's all confusing. The Franken Gazarian's involved. I don't even know how and why. I know how. I just don't know why we're doing this. I don't know why we're still doing it. I mean, I feel like that whole ship has sailed, dude. I really, I really do feel that this should have, what should have happened is you have a Scorpio's guy last two weeks ago on Rampage when he realizes that um, American Top Team helped him win. What should do is there. He, he feels conflicted about it, but he doesn't do much really. The show goes off air. You show him looking at Frankie and looking at the team, and he's like, "What? What do I do here? Because I don't really like that." Have him have a promo on Dynamite where he says, "You know what? I'll give you guys a triple threat match. Make it fair. No involvement from these guys." Have him lose because uh, Ethan Page kicks him out of the group or attacks him, costs him the match, whatever. Get them in a feud to cement the Scorpio Sky face turn. Put the belt on Sammy, who could then lose it to Pack, who will do so much better with it. And that's what I would do. You booked this whole thing out. I booked it. That's that easy. It's that easy. It's that simple, Tony Khan. Hell, you don't even have to do the, the Pack thing if you don't want it. You could have uh, Scorpio t- retain the belt and do a feud with him and Ethan Page, give him something to do. But just you know what I think? I think, I think Tony Khan should have hired Shane McMahon. Um, to run Ring of Honor for him so that he doesn't have to, so that he can do better creative decisions. That's how I you think it happen. You know what? Shane's not here. Okay, he's not here. I don't know what to But what him. if he was there, though? Then it, well, you know, he, it would have taken a load off his shoulders. He could have booked Swerve and Keith Lee better. And then this whole entire storyline with Sammy Guevara in the top American team, right? Like, come on. But that's not even the big problem here. The big problem is this feud is just not working yet. I don't know, man. It's just, it's not good. It really isn't good. That is the issue, man. Tony Khan's got nothing on the table, bro. So he's just throwing this shit in, at the wall and seeing if it sticks, and it's just not sticking. I don't know why he threw shit at the wall. I mean, that's kind of gross, but still. Yeah, but you see how it's not hard? Like, you see how I booked that on the fly, just out of nowhere, just, I just threw it at you. It's simple, but it works. You see how that happened? Like, yeah. It's not hard to do something like this. I mean, I don't know, man. It's hard when you're Tony Khan, you're signing contracts for dudes that you don't even know. And then you're also running a whole entire other promotion, getting that set up with the new logos and stuff. Accepting those. I I feel like the dude just needs to fucking take a fucking break or something. Get someone else to help you out that you trust. 
get the bucks involved. Get Kenny in there. Help get him to book something for you. It really it doesn't have to be this whole thing. I know, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like dude didn't have, he doesn't have to do as much as he does. That's all I'll say. Tony Khan does too much. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so I guess we're going to move on from that to another uh, story that's a bit rough. Thunder Rosa is uh, being interviewed by Tony Schiavone, who didn't do anything this week to deserve the We Hate Tony Schiavone thing. But it's the face promo. I was tempted. Uh, so this was funny to me for all the wrong reasons. And I think you know why. Um, so Thunder Rosa does his interview. It's it's not bad. It's the best of this feud is what I've seen online. And of course it's not the best of compliments. But it wasn't bad. It was fine. And halfway, not even halfway, like right at the end of her promo, she takes a pause and the guys in the back go, Oh, it's over. Play the music. Oh yeah, yeah. The music at the end and then she keeps going. Dude, I when I when she started talking, I was like, Wait, what? Yeah, I was like, wait, hold on. What? Yeah, I guess it's more natural that way, but still. And they don't even stop the music. They keep it going. I mean, at that point, you got to commit, right? Like, there's no not committing to that. This, this poor feud, man. This poor feud. This feud had no legs. It still has no legs. Both women's feuds suck. I, I mean, yeah. I agree with that. There really isn't much going on here. I feel yeah. like... Uh, we need to really improve the women's division drastically. Okay, before we introduce these women's tag titles or whatever the fuck anyone wants to do, you know? Right. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just such a rough situation. I'm sure the match will be great on Sunday, like we said before. But I think we really got to work on some of the stuff going on here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Thunder Rosa versus Indeed as a match. Yeah, it should be good. Two great technical wrestlers there. But I'm not quite sold on it from a story standpoint. Right. And um, it's especially when you have a, a card of stacked and stuff where nothing is with 10 matches on it, you really got to do a little bit more than trust that people know that's going to be a good match. Yeah, exactly. So moving on, we get to Red Velvet's interview. Uh, she's getting interviewed by Tony Schiavone again. I, I just really say Ruby Soho's name, and boom. Ruby Soho's there. Yeah, it's like saying Candyman five times in the mirror. It just shows up. It doesn't kill you, but, you know, it shows up. It's like, someone say my name. <laughs> I'm here. I heard someone say my name, so here I am, said Ruby. And uh, Red Velvet goes, you know what? I wrote this little journal filled with all these weaknesses that Chris Dadlander has, which is weird. I think. Where was she keeping that journal? It's such an oddly specific thing to do. Like, how... Did you plan on running into Ruby Soho backstage to give her this journal? Because it seemed very yeah, probably. I mean, they share a locker room. But why not give it? You know, it's just weird. It's just weird. She's just carrying around with her. What anyway, if, is of this. 
tournament I've Yeah, you'll be fans eyes. Win the whole entire thing. I mean, who even give? It? I mean, I guess Soho would be the second best option, right? Because she needs. Yeah, it. I guess. This wouldn't be a problem if you just had her win the title in the first place from Britt Baker. Yeah, I don't know. I have no clue. Or if you booked I mean, her Chris Statlander just went through a character retrain, so maybe she can win. But do you really want to do that? Because I really hasn't been booked well either. I mean, this whole situation is rough, man. Yeah, I have no fucking clue. I, I just felt like Tony Storm was going to win the whole thing from the get-go, and now it doesn't seem that way. And the way that she lost this match, too, is so weird because... It was a terrible the, finish. Garbage. Trash. Kind of this thing where uh, Baker rolls up uh, Tony Storm, and Hater's supposed to be pushing the ropes to Baker to help her win, but she doesn't even grab the ropes. She just kind of... The ref counts too fast for her to get the ropes. So it really just looks like she won fairly. Yeah, it was really messy and really not good. The whole match in general was not up to standards as to what I thought it was going to be. So, oh, no, it's that's a Britt Baker for you, though. She'll hit you. She'll give you some good matches, and the next day she'll give you some shitty matches. Yeah, one day you get the gauge match on the Rosa, one day you get this match. Exactly. It's really a hit or miss, but usually hit, and this time miss. So before we get to the main event. Just want to quickly point out we're still continuing this random mini feud, I guess, between the BCC and uh Matt Seidel and uh Dante Martin because we have Daniel Br- sorry, Brian Danielson versus Matt Seidel on Rampage this week. Like, why now? Like, why are you fighting him now? You already lost, man. What are you doing this again for? I thought you wanted to prove we were like the best high flyers or something. Like, why are you doing it now? What happened backstage? You just go, you know what? It's fine, Dante. You sit this one out. I'm going to go beat up the injured one. <laughs> like a good face. Learn from me, Dante. I got this. It's about peace and love, Dante, as he beats up Daniel Bryan and beats his leg up more. <laughs> and he still gets his ass kicked at the end and loses. Are you taking nuts, Dante? You don't get caught in the submission. You don't do it. <laughs> Believe it or not, you shouldn't get caught in the submission. And then once you're out of it, you go to the top turnbuckle, you hit your star, you hit your little shooting star press, you get the victory. You don't slip, goes. though. You don't slip, because people will never let you live that one down. It becomes a meme if you slip. Don't slip. Don't do it. Especially in the Battle Royale on your debut. Yeah. That would just be painful. In many ways. Uh, so, next up, we get to Samoa Joe versus Kyle O'Reilly. And I really enjoyed this one, it was. Yeah, it was a bit shorter on the yeah, on the shorter side, and there was a commercial break in the middle, but it was still good. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that even though there was potential for it to be not as good as it could have been, I think it worked out pretty good in the end. I got Kyle yeah. Riley working over in the arm, but Samoa Joe wins in the end with the Kogina clutch. And really solid action. Yeah, unlike with the women's tournament and the Owen Hart uh Final, I can see uh, either guy kind of winning here, and I'd be fine with another guy winning. 
Yeah. As long as Britt Baker doesn't win at the pay-per-view, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Samoa Joe and Adam Gold, they're both in positions where I'd say they both kind of need the win because they haven't... Not that they haven't, it's just Joe isn't as established as he could be. And you have Adam Cole, who's lost a couple matches now, and he couldn't really use it. So I'm fine with a guy there. Yeah, for sure. Britt Baker just came up with being champion. She really doesn't need this. I don't know what's going on there. I don't care. I really don't understand. <laughs> you know, last thing you want is the Charlotte situation, where... People see her and they just hate her for being there. It's gonna happen. It's gotta happen. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, I guess that's the dynamite review there in the books. I'd say that closes the book right there. So, I guess for the thumb thoughts portion of this, which is the part where we give the final ranking of this episode, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up because it was enjoyable enough, but I can't give it a Dumbo thumbs up because there's just too many issues I have with the show. Me too, same thing. But uh, yeah, I think that's it overall. And maybe we do predictions. You want to do predictions for this, and that'll come out at some point later. Um, sure. All right, so we'll do that, and uh, look out for that soon after this review. <laughs> but that's gonna do it for us today. All right, yeah. Uh, go follow us wherever you possibly can. Go um, podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, do a five star review. On there, it helps us a lot, as well as go on YouTube, subscribe, like, comment, share, hit the notification bell if you want to be notified, we'll see you next one, bye.